Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O. Young, and I have with you today Sister Ginger Downey, who is with Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters. Hello, Sister Ginger. Hi, Ben. How are you today? It's wonderful seeing you. Good. Thank you. Could you please open us up in a word of prayer? Sure. So let's just pause for a moment and bring ourselves into the presence of God, the acknowledgement that God is always with us. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful for all that is around us. We ask you to be with those who we hold in our hearts, those who we know that are in need of our prayer, and continue to always be with us and be your voice among those who need to hear. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, sister. So could you please share with us what is the missionary goal for the Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters? So Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters is just a little over 100 years old. And our goal was to always go to the forest first. And our founder, Father John Joseph Sigstein, became aware of the plight of those in the northeastern section of New Mexico, where there were very few priests and no sisters. And so over the next few years, he got two women, Julia Doyles and Marie Bennis, and they went to this northeastern corner of New Mexico that is very high plains, and they went to be among the people. And we have been among the people for a hundred years, and we didn't open hospitals, and we didn't open schools. We met the temporal and spiritual needs of the people, where they were at. To this day, that's what we do. We go to places that other people don't want to go, to places that are often rural or in the barrio or places that people didn't really want to go or don't want to go, and we're with the people, and we meet their needs. And Father Sixine used to say, meet modern needs with modern means. And some of our sisters are kind of tired of hearing that, but it still really is true. What are the needs today? They're different than they were in 1922. So for us, our main goal has always been catechetics and some basic social ministry, but never to have institutions or to stay in one place very long. So, sister, thank you. And the bottom line is, you all are like Jesus, with the people. Very much and, so. And and sharing God's love. Yes, and, and doing different things. So our first sisters were just very much about meeting some basic needs, making sure that people had some sort of catechetics, because there was lots of places where the priest would come maybe once or twice a month, if that. Sometimes it was two or three times a year. And so there was very limited amount of teaching and deepening of the faith, and people lived by the, what they knew. And so when the sisters went in, they would help to prepare the students, the kids for catechism, for First Communion, or to help couples get ready for marriage, or to make sure that there was some basic ongoing formation going on, and they'd stay in a place two or three years, and then they'd move to the next one. So just being there and seeing what people needed 
is what has happened. Now we go in and we may do something different. We may work in a parish. We may work in a diocese and be some director of an office, but we're still with the people, working with them and making sure that they have what they need to deepen their faith and their own spirituality. And so you're looking for opportunities where you see the greatest need. It's not like, oh, okay, let's go to this comfort zone. You're going to where it's very needy and it's an opportunity again, where you not only meet the people, but share and how you can support them both in care as well as in sharing the gospel. Correct. And a lot of times what it is, is it's a both and. And we would go in and we would share the gospel. We would we would share the faith. But then we'd also know that it's hard to share the faith if you're hungry or you don't have adequate housing or there's other things that are going on in your life. So we have one sister that worked very hard to do a homeless shelter in a place that a lot of people don't think of. Um, Fort Collins, Colorado doesn't think that they have a lot of homeless, and yet they do have homeless. And so one of our sisters worked to create a place where homelessness and homeless people can work together to find a way out of that homelessness. We have another sister who works at a, that has a Catholic worker in New Mexico, and they meet the needs of those new immigrants. They're coming across. They don't have the language. They don't have food or shelter. And so they meet them in that place. But in doing that, they're also sharing the gospel. There's Bible study or some sort of prayer groups or just making sure that mass is available once in a while and in their own language or where they can go to get mass in their language. So it's all about meeting the needs that are common around people and helping them to find a place that they can feel safe and they can feel like they're at home. Mm. And finding, again, just a little bit of Christ's love goes a long way. It does. And that's the reason we do it. It's very much based in who we are. And we have these four pillars of the congregation, and one of them is proclaiming the gospel. And it's not that we are preachers in the sense of homilies and preaching the word in that way. We preach it with our lives. We preach it with what we do, how we go about preaching it. And, and another one is standing in solidarity with those in oppression and poverty. It's being there with them and helping them to see what is possible. And then fostering justice. What is it in our society right now that is unjust? And it doesn't take much to look at that. And always going back to the tenets of the gospel, that gospel social teaching of being with and standing for the orphan, the widow, the alien among us. And then we have our fourth pillar is to educate and to develop leaders in their own communities so that no matter what they do, they can become their own leaders. Because we know that when somebody has ownership of their own group and can lead them, it's a much stronger than having leadership from the outside. So we prepare those leaders and help them to become the leaders of their own community. Mm. So again, for our listening audience, the four pillars are preaching the gospel, also standing up in solidarity, as well as addressing also the ability to be leaders, and the fourth one, fostering justice. So we say proclaiming the gospel because we aren't preachers, so we proclaim it with our lives. 
We foster justice. We stand in solidarity with those living in poverty or oppression, and we develop leaders. Those are our four pillars. Are there some particular stories that you have in your time as a religious sister that have just really have fond memories of you persisting in living the four pillars that you like to share? Well, it's interesting because I was born and raised in Mission Territory. I was born and raised in Wyoming, which is very, very rural. And as I look back on that, there were not a lot of priests and there were not a lot of sisters. We had priests on Sunday and our priests did a 200 mile round trip to do the three missions outside of the parish. And so when I think about that, that is my grounding in missionary life. And I have lived in seven states and in some of the barrios and very rural areas, but I've also worked with people. My favorite missionary story is just going out and being with the people and learning from them and knowing that no matter what happened, we were in this together. And that's very different, I think, than a lot of people realize. I don't have a a fabulous story that, you know, like I did something wild. It's just that everydayness of being with the people. And whether it's in rural New Mexico or in downtown to Chicago or Phoenix or just being with people is what my missionary life has been. Being with the people as well as, again, sharing a little bit of God's love. And this reminds me of the Sunday readings that we have, the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. And Sister, could you please share how the Sunday readings have magnified your call to mission? I just was really taken back by St. Paul. St. Paul is probably one of the best missionary examples that we have because he is always trying to bring the people closer to Jesus Christ. And so when you hear that, we were gentle among you. That really struck me that we are gentle among them. And for me, that being gentle among is being with. It's not coming in and saying, we're the only ones that have any authority, or we're the only ones that have the right knowledge. Yes, he was trying to help them understand what he was proclaiming and who Christ Jesus was, but he was always gentle among them and giving them the words that he had, giving them what he saw. And I like this last paragraph. He says, You received not a human word, but as truly is the word of God, which is now at work in you who believe. And that's it. When we proclaim as missionaries, we proclaim the word of God. And hopefully it is heard as the word of God and not heard as human word. And that, along with the line from Jesus, basically he says, practice what you preach be authentic. That's what it's called to be a missionary. How can we be authentic among the people we are with? I think of some of the great missionaries I've heard of that have gone to places that are non-Christian and just lived their faith and lived their call among those people and made their actions and maybe at some point their words be what causes the curiosity to happen 
to want to learn more. As a young person in college, when I realized that I felt a call to religious life, my real hope was that I could help people deepen their relationship with God. And that has not changed in my 37 years of being a religious and being among them, is that that is still my goal. No matter what happens, I hope that my words and my actions, probably stronger, will help people understand and deepen their own relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. If that happens, that's fabulous. If it doesn't, may I always be gentle among them and be authentic in my practice. And part of that authentic in the practice is also in the gospel reading, being meek and humble in heart, putting others before yourself. Correct. And and it seems so apparent that that's the game plan of the Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters, just showing God's love and showing care and concern towards others. And by that, people will be more and more willing to listen to the gospel. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And I think, again, going back to the gospel, the last couple of sentences is the greatest among you must be servant. Whoever exalts themselves will be humbled. Whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. And that's really true. It's not about having to be first in line. But it's also not about always being last because that way you you can show it up. It's about being humble and doing what you need to do in a way that is both gentle and authentic and and being of service and not just not doing it as a doormat, but being authentic humility and authentically living your call, whatever that may be. For all of us, that's a hard call. It is a hard call. You have to be reminded of it every once in a while. There always seems to be examples, too, that when we remember and we try to live that call that God calls us to do, so often it can touch people's hearts. It can. You know, I often remember we had a sister when I was a young sister, and she taught me several things. But one of the things is she said, you know, we need to work hard, but we also need to play hard. And I think that sometimes we forget that we can do both. And it's important because we have to have joy and fun in our life. And a lot of people, for me, that's always been my ministry and what I've done and where I've been and who I've been doing it with. But there's also that element of also being joyful in the Lord. And I think sometimes we forget that. Nobody's going to want to join religious life if we always look tired and sad. And (laughs) one of the religious that I knew before I became a religious was always so joyful. And it was one of the things that helped me understand that I could be joyful and have fun and be playful and be a serious religious. They're not exclusive. They can be Mm. inclusive of each other. And I think that's sometimes what we forget. When I read these readings, when I think of people who have been inspirations for me within the community and outside the community, that's one of the things that I feel is that joyful spirit and being willing to look at the the situation and move forward. Yes, and and that's the resounding theme from so many missionaries. They talk about the tremendous joy they have from being a missionary. And I wish our listeners could see you because you could see the joy popping off out of your spirit. And that's contagious. 
you know, I think that we always want to be around people who are joyful rather than people who are gloomy and sad. Yep, we do. Sometimes there's a place for somberness and sadness and and being able to acknowledge that those are really human nature and we need to experience them too because it can't always be the high mountaintop. There are valleys in our life, but we also can't only have valleys. So it's that blend and balance of being able to see the goodness in all, whether it's joy or sadness, whether it's being happy or unfortunately, sometimes there's some sad times. Yeah. And my spiritual director always says to me, Ben, did you embrace the cross? Embrace the cross. I think a lot of us have embraced the cross these last three years with the pandemic and just the worldview right now, what's going on. It's hard to even know how to pray for some of the the world that's hurting so much right now. And it's the big ones that we know, like Ukraine and what's going on in, in Israel and Palestine and that area of the Middle East. And But then it's Lebanon and it's Syria and and it's Afghanistan and Pakistan. And then other places we don't even know, places in our own country that are hurting because of lack of whatever, the southern border, the the places that no longer have whatever they need. And I just think about it, and as winter is approaching, the places where homelessness is and the amount of people that live in their cars, all those things are are always on our hearts and in our mind as as we come into prayer for for the world which is really what I think a missionary is is to be able to be a part and go out for the whole world whether it's a home mission in the United States or a foreign mission that goes to the ends of the world going out to different parts of the world and being a beacon of, of Christ's light yep so critical in this crazy world of ours and with joy <laughs> and with joy, you know, it's like, and with joy. I think of some of the places I've been and some of the really pretty destitute conditions. And yet there was somehow there was always joy and laughter and ability to find the good and the potential and the ability to move forward. Well, sister, before I let you go, is there any advice you have for our listeners who might be thinking about entering the mission field? or entering religious life, what advice do you have for them? Well, I think we all have a call to be a home missionary, whether it's you are a missionary to your parish, a missionary to people who are just at your workplace. If you can be well-grounded and know your own self and be authentic, and as Paul says, to be as gentle among those we're among and to continue to practice what we preach, that's a missionary call. And I really think that if you're looking at religious life, religious life is exciting, it's challenging, and it is in a time of great fluctuation. And what is going to emerge is going to be different. It's going to be different no matter who you are. And if you want to be a part of that, and that's the call, it's really a time of foundation and change and that emerging is coming and going to be very missionary in the fact that it's coming out of 
the reality of the world. So what you're sharing to our listening audience is to be open, to be open to the will of the Lord. To be open to the will of the Lord and know that sometimes that call, that voice, is not going to be from somebody you expect it to be from. It could mm-hmm. be from the very unexpected. That's the discerning part, is can you discern the call? Can you discern the authentic voice? Even when the person that is speaking or how you hear the voice doesn't seem to be where you think it would come from. Mm-hmm. But you got to be open to that. And that's the importance of prayer, too. you got to spend time with the Lord. For me, personally, it's amazing how much I'm beginning to like silence. And just trying to hear his call. God wants to get so close to us that he can whisper in our ear. And to ask God where we are supposed to be. So I was in leadership for about 10 years in my congregation. And it was a challenging and joyful and interesting time to be in leadership. But as I was coming out of leadership, I kept saying to God in prayer almost daily, what's next for me? Where do I need to be? Where do you need me to be? And I didn't know where that was going to come from. And it did. But it, it took a year and a half. And then when it came, I was like, oh, that can't be right. That can't be where you're asking me. And then I had to stop and say, okay, wait, I've been asking for this, so let me take the challenge. And that, I think, is what our listeners need to think of is, Okay, am I really going to be open to it? Because it may be something very different. (laughs) Boy, sister, I'm laughing because boy, do I know. I'll tell you, it was so hard hear and see God's will when my eyes were only on me. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's just funny. There's a quote, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but we don't know how far we will go. And we can't know how far we will go when we actually accept God's call and accept it openly and be open to wherever it leads, we will go to places that even in our wildest dreams, we cannot imagine. Mm. So sister, thank you very much for sharing and for spending our time today. In our show notes, we'll have information about the Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters. Now, sister gave me homework before I started this podcast and she shared with me a video and in that video i came to realize that her order is not accepting new apostolates and yet there's a piece that was written all over the faces of all the sisters that shared and do you want to share especially after you had mentioned about trusting where the lord wants you to go how your order has adjusted now knowing that they're moving on and working with others as well as other orders, to expand those called to religious life and not necessarily with the Our Lady of Victory Missionary Sisters. Yes, we took a long time to make that decision. And it took probably close to 10 years. And I was vocation director in the early 2000s and really worked to doing that that end. But charism is a gift from God and it's a gift for the church. And charism doesn't just resonate with only those who are vowed. Charism resonates with people, and they are people that are our charism of going out and being among and proclaiming and standing in solidarity with the poor and oppressed. 
and fostering justice and developing leaders, that resonates with lots of people. And so even though the congregation may someday die with the last sister, that charism is going to live on into the future by the very many people that we touched, by the partners that we're working with, by the other organizations that we are able to help support financially to do work that we would have done. So our charism isn't dying. Our gift to the church isn't dying. It is being expanded. It is being molded in a different way. It is emerging out of the small group of sisters into something larger that we cannot understand. We can't even fathom what it's going to look like. But we have faith that it will happen. And so with that, it's joyful. Mm. It's peacefulness. It is the Paschal mystery. It is the life, death, and resurrection. We had a great life. We're now in the, in the death throes of our congregation. But the charism continues. The charism of religious life, the charism of the church lives on. And that's what brings us peace. That's what keeps us faithful. Even the fact that we are using the words of St. Paul, who lived a very, very, very long time ago, 2,000 years ago, and we still go back to him and his example, his charism of being a missionary, his charism of how to proclaim the gospel is still a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. So his charism and that charism continues, just as each of us will continue in the lives we've touched. Mm -hmm. I, I love how you, you stated that at the end, in the lives we touch. And we get the honor of doing that, we touching do. people's lives so that they may taste God's love. And know that they are loved. And as a religious who has no children of my own, that is important for me to realize that the number of people, the number of children that I have touched and nurtured throughout my years as a missionary, my years as a religious, is countless. And in ways that I will never know. And that, to me, is a mystery, a gift, and a blessing. <laughs> a mystery, a gift, and a blessing. Well, it hasn't been a mystery, but it's certainly been a gift and a blessing talking to you today. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Yes. Thank you, Sister Ginger. And thank you for all that you do to care for those in need. Thank you. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Go Forth is a service of USDMA, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to scroll down and leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and go forth gathering details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stephan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen.
to walk.